Be advised that this show is not for children, the faint of heart, or the easily offended. The explicit tag is there for a reason. Recording live-ish, half of us, from Glory Hole Studios in Chicago, this is Cognitive Dissonance. Every episode we blast anyone who gets in our way. We bring critical thinking, skepticism, and irreverence to any topic that makes the news, makes it big, or makes us mad. It's skeptical. It's other stuff. We've got Dan and Frank. So thank God I'm an atheist. <laughs> Did you just fuck up your own intro? It was deviation. Oh. That, that's that's the kind of ad lib. Wow. And, uh, wow. Amazing. Uh, Frank, write that what down. Else? We need to re- we need to remember that ad for our show. Lib. Two words, motherfuckers. <laughs> Consummate <And> professional. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good idea. Oh. Uh, so Dan and Frank from Thank God I'm an Atheist, uh, thank you for being on our Program. Well, thank yeah, you yeah. For, having for having us, us and guys. almost getting the title right. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Just thank God I'm atheist. We don't have the Anne in there. Yeah. Yeah, I think you should. I only, I'm just saying. I, oh, okay. I only bring it up because otherwise people will try to go to the website and they'll type in the wrong URL and then we'll. You're right. I'm, yeah. I mean, there is some question as to whether or not we're an atheist or just atheist. Yeah. But uh, but I figure if they call themselves Christian or a Christian. We can call ourselves atheist or an atheist. Mm, Dan, that was that was good. Wow! You see, wow. I mean, good that, save, that was, Dan. That's 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 honestly more thought uh, <laughs> that you put into the title of your show than I have put 249 episodes <sighs> of this program, yeah. and I've not given that amount of consideration to any decision we've made. So we wanted to talk to you uh, about this tremendous article from the Herald Sun. Mm. Uh, you probably read it, because who doesn't read the Herald Sun? Oh, I'm all about uh, the Herald Sun. I've got my <laughs> subscription coming I, yeah, daily. The, actually, if, if, if we're recording and the doorbell rings, you've got to pay the paper. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Um, so this uh, is from the Sun. Uh, NASA refutes Christian claims, and it kind of could have stopped there, actually. Like, it doesn't need to go beyond that, because NASA typically refutes Christian claims. <laughs> right. But it does, anyway. NASA refutes Christian claims that the blood moon on September 28th Will cause the end of the world, <laughs> right? Um, right. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of obvious when you think about it that uh, that all of the portents from the skies are controlling, uh, you know, because we that's how that works, right? <laughs> yeah, I think thousands of years of trial and error have shown us that the end of the world is nigh. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just not this nigh. It's, yeah, no, it's always yeah. nigh. It's sort of continually nigh. <laughs> <laughs> the nighest thing that you can possibly imagine <laughs> if you if, it's always kind of just sort of fuzzy in the corner of your eye it's somewhere it's never fully in view it's coming right. i mean y- you know jesus said he would be back within that generation mm. and that's kind of been, it's been nigh ever since that moment yeah but what's a generation to jesus right yeah, <laughs> that's, that's the question that's the question yeah <laughs> Dude. Yeah, maybe he meant the Pepsi generation. Yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> you, know, you don't know. You don't know. Yeah. yeah. It could so be I anything. do want to read a little piece from the from the article just so that we're really clear on what we're uh, mocking mercilessly. The blood moon, 
Remember, this the is blood a moon. direct quote. I can't even read Blood Moon and not I laugh. always wonder, too, like, with the Blood Moon, I wonder if there's other, like, humors that have a moon. Like, is there a phlegm moon Ooh. as well? <laughs> oh, wow. A yellow bile moon? A yellow, a bile a, maybe moon? a black bile moon? Sure, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Since we're going to humors... The, yeah, I mean, if we're going back to, like, fucking the Stone Age, right. it, it, might as well just reel it all back, you know? Not? The best part is that, like, by comparison with this, the fucking humors are high technology, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> they, yeah, the humors are like a zipper to the Amish, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so this is, the Blood Moon is the fourth... And final eclipse in a tetrad. Oh. For consecutive uh, total lunar eclipses. I think that should be eclipse eye. Eclipse eye. Yeah. You're right. Uh, each separated by six lunar months, which fulfills biblical prophecy of the apocalypse. Wow. It's so metal. That shit, I just got to say, that shit is so fucking metal. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, there's nothing about this where the, there's, the moon's not going to be red. I mean, let's get this. Well, it's kind of red. It's red? When you have a full eclipse of a full moon, then it kind of turns red, which but, is but why they call not, it the but blood moon, no right? But it's no different from any of the other eclipses. I actually have a question about that. If it's fully eclipsed, how would I know it turned red? <laughs> it's eclipsed. I can't see it. It can fucking it can turn anything it fucking well, no. wants. When it gets, I when it gets fully eclipsed, it goes full rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> but but when you, when it, when you start to be able to see it again, then it's just the red. That's all you oh, got. I got. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. So Oigi Biv have left. Right, yeah, exactly. Could you imagine if the fucking moon went full rainbow? They would flip their shit. <laughs> they would flip, because they fucking flipped out when we fucking projected a rainbow on the White House. Yeah, right. Could you imagine if the fucking moon went rainbow? <laughs> you know rainbow? what, though? It is a known fact, and Frank, you can back me up on this. Yeah. The moon is the gayest of all of the celestial bodies. <laughs> I was I was unaware of it. Oh no, that thing it's a, it is totally queer. <laughs> I kind of want to hear the reason why, I, I, and then I kind of don't. Well, I, you know the the whole man in the moon thing. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> that guy. That guy. Is, I understand now. There, what we don't see is that on the dark side of the moon is another man. Did you watch the trailer for this? There's a trailer that auto plays on this on this, uh, and it's it's oh, a trailer I just for a, anything that auto plays. It's a trailer for a, for a movie called Four Blood Moons. Yeah, I saw that. Fuck you. And it it's it looks ridiculous. I guess it's already out. I haven't watched it yet, but it it looks terrible. It's but it says it's based on a New York Times bestseller. It also so it must sa- be good. It also says it's like a documentary. Right. And I'm like, what the fuck are you documenting? <laughs> but it's a documentary with like the shittiest recreations of like Columbus and stuff that you've oh, yeah, ever yeah. that you can imagine. Like somebody like used their mother's curtains to make costumes <laughs> for their for these for you know ancient yeah. or, or you know old. I'm not. I'm trying to say ancient, but ancient isn't right. Whatever the fuck Columbus was. <laughs> How old was he? How far? Fourteen hundreds. Fourteen hundreds. He was a fucking monster. <laughs> well, there is that. Yeah. There is As that. Anyway. Yeah. So what do you guys? So I mean, are you guys nervous? Have you have you uh, invested entirely in gold commodities for the upcoming apocalypse? Per you know what? We've been burned by this before. You guys, I got to be honest with you. It's a little known fact. This is true, actually. Our show was our show started mm. when Frank and I went on a local radio show. You, you remember low those many years ago, about four or five years ago, when uh, when Harold Camping had his oh, oh, his yeah. big prediction, and he was. We love Harold Camping. Yeah, we were, man. we were all gonna yeah. die. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, Frank and I did. I still feel I'm going to die, though. Like I think that's still accurate. Well, technically. Yeah, you, you are going to die. <laughs> like, I mean, good. You have that figured out right. 
that's true. But we were so we went on this local radio show and we uh, we did Rapture Watch. And we basically were just sort of waiting for all of us yeah. to get raptured. That sounds amazing. Um, that sounds super great. It didn't work, though. There was no rapture. Oh, you didn't get yeah. raptured? It turns, it turns out that nobody got raptured, and uh, it, was, it was a big disappointment. But that's when we decided that it would be fun to do a podcast. Is it not possible that, like... Just one guy was raptured and nobody knows. Right. Yeah. It's a small enough number yeah. of people. God, just like Steve in Indianapolis was the only guy that was raptured. <laughs> well, we staged a rapture. Has anybody seen Steve? No. <laughs> Where was Steve? It's just a low-level rapture. Just... I, I got to admit, though, I absolutely love when they start putting dates on these things oh, yeah, because the then you get a chance to because because we 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 listen to clips every week and and almost uh, almost inevitably someone will say something like. It's just around the corner or something bad is going to happen. And they never give a definitive timeline. This is right. an absolute definitive timeline oh, yeah. that Hagee gave. He oh, said, uh, Hagee said that it's going to happen before October of 2015. Right. Yeah. Well, I think that's great because I got a big project that's due October 3rd <laughs> and I haven't done any of it oh. well, because asteroids. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. So sure. go out, go yeah. out and buy something on spec or buy something with, with credit. You'll be fine. <laughs> <Right>. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's time to buy that Ferrari you've always wanted because don't worry. It, it won't come due. So there's a little bit of a Mormon angle to this. There is a weird Mormon angle. And so what, Frank and I are both ex-Mormon. Uh, so I thought I'd just, I, what I need to explain to you, because I know that everybody thinks Mormons are the goofiest shit out there. And believe me, they are. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They okay. got some goofy going on. But I, I, I do think that Jehovah's Witnesses give you guys, uh, I shouldn't say you guys, but give them a run for their money totally. in some respect. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Uh, but, but, but they have some pretty wacky beliefs. But in the sure. end, Mormons in general are the most pragmatic people on the on the earth. Yeah, absolutely. They have boring meeting rooms and they have like yeah. everybody's just a buttoned up business person yeah. in Mormonism. They're all Mitt Romney. Every last one. Of them. <laughs> so just joyless robots? Yes. Basically. Yeah. That is exactly okay. it. They are joyless well robots. <laughs> That's perfect. So imagine <laughs> all of these joyless robot people <laughs> And then somebody starts claiming that there's going to be, like, the, the end of days is happening with this blood moon. Yeah. It's, it never happens. They don't go for this shit. No. So there's a fringe element of Mormons that are buying into this. Let's, let's be and clear And it is fringe. It's not, it's, it's, not, it's not mainstream at all. But there's this... Are these the ones who marry a bunch of people? No, no. 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 They're still in the mainstream Mormon church. Okay. But they're just like this weird fringe element of them. Okay. Um, but there's this lady uh, named Julie Rowe who wrote a book. She's a Mormon. She's a mother, you know, of three or whatever, which every Mormon woman that's ever described, you'll see the word mother of blank after her name because that's all they <laughs> no care about. Shit. I mean, a mother of three is like, <clears throat> I mean, she's like barely even... She's you're, barely even folded at that point. You're thinking about quiverful people. Yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> no, dude, the Mormons pump them out. The Mormons man. do. I mean, they like do, they do like three, to have a, just a lot of a lot of babies. It's because yeah. it, I mean, in part They're because like Irish Catholics, dude, <laughs> they really are. And in part, that's because like the only thing that women are worth in the world is uh, is baby machines. That's that's oh, the Jesus. only thing that gives them any value in the Mormon Church. So they kind of have part to keep of that doing because it. you have to live on a planet with your family and. I mean, it'd be super boring if there's only two of you. Well, the problem with that, so, I mean, Mormon afterlife is very confusing because the problem with, like, the planet that you're going to go live on with your family, and, yeah, that you're told that your family's going to be together forever, but your kids get their own planet, too. Yeah. I know. Well, that's so, the best part. 
Like, where so the like, fuck are you? That doesn't make any sense. No, Maybe they clone them all. I don't yeah, know. exactly. So, uh, so this lady, uh, this mother of three, apparently had a near-death experience and went beyond the veil. Mm. And uh, and when she went beyond the veil, she she discovered that yes, uh, these blood moons are indeed going to uh, trigger the uh, the the second coming of the Lord and all of those sorts of things. Right. But she brings in a whole bunch of like Mormon shit. Yeah. As long as she had this realization while she was oxygen deprived and dying. Yeah, exactly. That's when that's when your brain is really <laughs> yeah, hammering that's, on yeah. all cylinders. That's the good stuff. That's right. Yeah. Well, I mean, they say that they say that the last thing that happens when you have a near death experience is that you you get that influx of DMT, the uh, the same drug oh, yeah. that's in ayahuasca, yeah. the the big hallucinogen. So yeah, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't surprise me that she got a a really interesting, happy uh, story told to her. Well, then she wrote a book, right? But she wrote a couple books, yeah. and they've sold, like, 20,000 copies or whatever. And uh, and now there's this group of people. And the Mormon church is denying it. The Mormon church is just it keeps saying things like, no, this is not real. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but there's this group of people, man. You, they, Mormons are really into... And here's how Mormons deal with the apocalypse coming. They don't, like, pray and get all kooky. They go and buy, like, prepper stuff. Yeah. They go and buy, like... You know, f- four years worth of food mm-hmm. and and guns. I you know I've never understood if and I, I maybe I just don't understand the word apocalypse. But to me, an apocalypse means nobody lives. So what do I need the food for? It <laughs> well, still seems like a waste, right? Like oh, it's going to be an apocalypse. Everybody's going to die. Oh, I better I better stock up on jelly. Like <laughs> I don't. Know why. I don't I'm going to need ammunition. There's nobody to shoot. Right. You're dead. They're dead. If you're not and they're not, it's not an apocalypse. Yeah. Well, just like with everything, Mormons do it wrong. They do apocalypse wrong. <laughs> they just, their apocalypse is like, yeah, a bunch of beat. There, there's some, maybe some earthquakes and some stuff, but most people live. Yeah. And then, and then the worst part is, here's the worst part about Mormon apocalypse is that after, you know, the, all of the earthquakes happen and then Jesus comes back. And then those who are still alive have to stay alive for a thousand years yeah. and do work. That genealogy sucks. work. They're already Man. doing that. They're just doing. God. They're doing genealogy work, and they're they're <laughs> baptizing people for the dead for a oh, thousand God. fucking Wait a years. Wait a minute. You got to stay alive for a thousand years doing paperwork. Yeah. Yeah, like you're just—it's quite just like the religion. Things. <laughs> you're like congratulations, you're like a, the Kim Davis for God. You're like a clerk. Yeah, congratulations. You're now perma clerk. Enjoy oh that. My God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a privilege that I dream not of. Mm. Yeah, Man. That's that's not an apocalypse though. That's a that's a fucking global inconvenience. Yeah, that's all that that is. Yeah, that's mm. and that's probably yeah. how the church should describe it. The LDS no. Church global inconvenience. Maybe that's <laughs> the name of them too. <laughs> One thing I don't I don't see uh, you, you mentioned Harold Camping earlier. One thing that happened with that is that people really did go out and spend all their life savings, yeah. sever ties with people they thought that they'd never see after you know May twenty second or whatever it was, right. and basically just really treat this as if it were the end of the world. <laughs> I I don't see that. As like a mass his- like this is the only article I've seen about right, this. Right. It's not like it's plastered all over the television. I don't see a bus that rides by that says "Beware the tetrad of blood moons." <laughs> it does kind of speak big? to Hagee's uh, p- 
popularity versus campings, right? Like, yeah, his followers are cool right up until he says, "Hey, there's a real thing," and then they're all like, uh, "Nah, yeah." <laughs> <laughs> I'll buy your book. Yeah, exactly. And just so, just so when God calls us all, I'll be like, "I did buy the book. I just didn't plan." Right? Yeah. Yeah. My favorite well, thing that happened with camping was that some some brilliant person came up with a an idea where like, pay me right now in advance. And then when you're raptured, I'll take care of your pets. Oh I yeah, that. yeah, that was great. so that was smart. That was that was great. We saw that. I actually think that maybe Hagee's, um, maybe Hagee's followers have just gotten it right. Like they're just like, oh, it's gonna be the apocalypse, September 28th. What are you doing? That's like, it's gonna be the apocalypse Wednesday. What are you doing Tuesday? I don't know. Fucking going to work. I don't have anything else to do. <laughs> right. Like, what do you want? I'm, I'm fucking going to die Wednesday. What do you want from me? Yeah. Like I have no hopes yeah. and dreams. I'm a Hagee follower. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That's a good point. It's not Clearly like. Clearly, I've given up on life. It does make one wonder if, like, life experiences, like, you know, skydiving suddenly gets a little bit of a bump. Yeah. <laughs> suddenly, like, all of these, right. you know, scuba, scuba people are, 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 are seeing a small, a small uptick in their, in their participation. But I would think, too, like, scuba diving, we'd be like, ah, fucking yawn. <laughs> you know, like, you've fallen out of the lane, like, well, all the fucking fear is gone. I'm Tomorrow I'm checking out anyway. Right. If this doesn't work out, I just it just, all I did was just move my timeline up a day. Yeah. Fucking less maybe, snooze. Maybe it's like an increase in like strap-ons. Right. Or something. You know what I mean? Like you know, more anal lube, right. things like that, you know? Because cause if I find out the apocalypse is coming, I'd just be fucking until it happens. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, just, I would fuck my way to the apocalypse. Absolutely. but that's... fuck every minute of the day. I'd fucking borrow someone else's dick when mine got tired of fuck with it. I don't care. <laughs> but the sad part about it is that that's like the non-believer's way of doing it. If you're a believer, you're not allowed to sin. Like the last oh, thing you want right. to do is actually do something that's going to fuck it up for you the day before you meet yeah. Jesus. You, you go up you go up to see Jesus. He's like, did you get pegged by your wife last night? <laughs> the fuck? The fuck, Carl? What's you going were, on? You were doing fine. You were, you were like a holy person, Carl, until you got fucked in the ass with a 20-inch dildo. I got confused. I'm sorry. <laughs> it was the end of the world. I didn't know what to do. I was thinking about scuba, but then I just decided... <laughs> I get excited by the snorkels. I don't know. It just uh, there were tubes everywhere. <laughs> My wife stuck uh. the snorkel inside of her, and everything got weird. Oh no! Uh. I never have to come up for air. This is great. <laughs> so we'll be back in a very short while with uh, Dan and Frank. From thank God I'm atheist. I think it's thank God I'm an atheist. I think you're wrong. I think it's thank God I am an atheist. <laughs> <laughs> thank God y'all are atheists. <laughs> that's a different show. <laughs> that's, Bobby, that's Bobby C. And Miss Ashley. Uh, but we'll be back with Dan and Frank at the end of the show. Uh, but we're going to do a couple of news stories in between for you to suffer through. Alabama town to ban saggy pants and two short shorts after councilman prayed about it. So uh, Alabama's evidently solved all of its other problems. Right, yeah. Right? Sure. This is like, and now they're now they're going after the short shorts. And there is some Shutterstock. The Shutterstock, my favorite, is my new favorite search term, teens in <laughs> shorts. <laughs> and like, I read that and I thought, you didn't have to tell me they were teens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, I don't see any cesarean scar. <laughs> so... <laughs> I'm just saying if legs could look happy. Oh, <laughs> would, yeah. Gosh, booty shorts. They're trying to get rid of booty shorts, and there's a great picture of booty shorts on this article. And you're like, who, who I mean, who other than some asshole would go to get rid of those? A I mean, joyless how Mormon dare robot. you? That's yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly it. Yeah. I cannot. So, so, so this is obviously they. what they really want to do is they want to get rid of the baggy pants. because, And then they, they decided that that was kind of sexist, so they had to do something mean to women too they really says that like that's the rationale no absolutely like they're like saying well wait a minute we're being mean to men so let's let's be assholes to women too so they've decided that the functional equivalent of saggy shorts is short shorts and that could not be further from the truth. I wouldn't mind if they got rid of saggy shorts for women. And they right? all had to wear like yoga pants Everybody, and short shorts. Right. Tights. Well, sure. Just no saggy drawers. Yeah. Like, all right, well, I mean that's a win lose. Yeah. So all right. <laughs> all these guys walking around in tight pants. I know. You're just like, ah, yes, whoa, no. Ah, I don't know what to think. Alabama is so confusing. Like, that one's got long hair. <laughs> Not sure. <laughs> Not sure. Oh, it's got a rat tail. It's a dude. <laughs> <laughs> in Alabama, that's yeah, a dude. Yeah, right? You're just like, not sure. Yeah. In Alabama, wow. would not fuck. You know, this is this is so uh, similar to, you know, basically putting your females in a bag. Sure. You know what right. I mean? It's very similar to that. It's that um, – I understand I, the, the saggy pants thing. I don't get. I, I think I, it's racist. I think it's racist. I think, too. The ra- I think, I think they're, they're basically saying be, like, yeah. don't, don't, don't dress in a style approximating black urban youth. Yeah, right. That's what they're sure. saying because they think black people are scary. Yeah, and black people clothes are scary, and black people culture is scary, and so they want to avoid sure. anything remotely black urban. Yeah, right? and then and then the other side of that is. Uh, anti-sex, right? Sure, so the other right. side of that is, well, we don't want to, we don't want to teach the kids about sex, but we don't want them touching either. And the booty shorts facilitate the touching. Sure. Well, shouldn't our religious ideas stand up even under a scientific approach? I mean, either a thing is true or it isn't. Well, certainly, but listen, Joe, there's some things we just have to accept on faith. So I, I almost never cover the like. The, the one-off churches is like, you know, hey, flying spaghetti monster guy gets to wear a colander in his driver's license picture. Never. It's never going to be on the show. Like, it's never, ever going to be on the show. But this one, I this one did make me laugh because they have a billboard. The only reason we're talking about this is because of the billboard. This story comes from Metro.co.uk. Church of Bacon sees rush of new members after free wedding offer. And they've got a billboard that I think is actually really awesome. It's a it's a set of hands in the prayer thing with a strip of bacon between them. Yeah, thumbs. like right on the thumbs. Yeah, it's like here's the steeple, here's the bacon. And it's like when I look at that, I think like that's the most awkward way to eat your bacon. Like, oh yeah, it's yeah. a really weird. But, but you got to open the church doors first, Tom. Right? <laughs> that's how it works. It stretches the bacon. Yeah, that's what. <laughs> and then it says, "Bacon is our God." Because bacon is real. And then it's praisebacon.com. <laughs> yeah, I love this. I think it's, it's very funny. The thing is, though, I would join I join the church of short ribs. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I would join the church of roast turkey with 
dressing in cranberries. Yeah, I'm on that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would join the soccer tort church. Oh, for sure. Yeah, the Cuban sandwich. The church? Cuban, yeah, I would Cuban do that. Sandwich. Yeah, I would. The Euros church. <laughs> that, that's that's a church though that you don't want to go and sing the hymn. No. Because oh. everybody in there mm, is just... Stinky. Oh, god, That's an outdoor service. Yeah, it is, yeah. That's, a lot of these are... Admittedly, a lot of these require an outdoor Very service. Very true. Very yeah. true. The Hiberito Church, I know yeah. you're not a fan, but that would, I would that I would attend. Be, I would stay yeah. away from the Tofu Church. <laughs> like, the no. Tofu Church would just be full of fucking annoying people. Like the congregation... <laughs> For the tofu church, oh. the whole time they would just tell you about how it's the, how great the tofu church is. Ugh, it'd be exhausting. Look, this tofu shaped like bacon. <laughs> <laughs> they would try to convince you that it tasted like actual meat. Yeah, that's what they would be like. Oh uh, no, this is a tofu burger. Fucking bite your tongue. You can make it a circle, but that's yeah. not a fucking burger. <laughs> You know, you can shape a fucking poo into a circle, but that is not a burger. I watched a video today. It was on Reddit, so it was like the top video on Reddit for a while, so probably a bunch of people have seen it. But the 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 title was I paid fifty I, I I made a fifteen hundred dollars sandwich and I was like and so when I first saw it I thought well how did you make a fifteen hundred dollars sandwich? He did everything for it, so he tilled the land and planted the vegetables then he went and you know had wheat and he crushed up the weed and did all that he went to a place to kill a chicken and <laughs> killed his own chicken and how they killed the chicken was crazy they had like this little board on the ground you put the chicken's head under the board you step on both ends of the board and you just pull its head right ah, off what yes it's its head just wait. pops directly <laughs> off that's not it's crazy that's wait it's crazy Chicken, there dead has, chicken on there. That's like one he of those made, things. He like, made his own. Got to be a better way. <laughs> he made he made his own uh, his own butter and his own uh, his own uh, cheese, and he basically did all this extra work. You know, he went out to the to the ocean and got sea salt for the salt, and like you know what I mean, what? like yeah. So he did all this extra work, and he takes a bite of this chicken because he he cooks the yeah you know the chicken up and he makes it and he takes a bite of this chicken and they said so how was it? He says it's not bad. <laughs> And then he, he looks like he's going to cry because oh, no. he spent six months of his life for a sandwich that's not bad. It's so awesome. It's, it's just – I that is just there – are, There are a few foods that when you make them from scratch, they are nothing but work, and then they yield a product that's identical to what you could have done yeah. short. I find puff pastries like that. Pumpkin yeah. pie is the same thing. Roast a pumpkin, fucking get all the flesh out, get all the seeds and shit – Make a pumpkin pie. It tastes just like you used the can. Yeah. It tastes just like you used. Yeah. All you did was add time and work to it. That's all you did. You didn't get anything better out of yep. that equation. Yeah. yeah. No, there are some foods that are like that. Yeah. There's, a, there's a few foods, though, that you make on your own, and you're just like, oh, my God, this is the greatest yeah, thing. Yeah, you'll never go back. Yeah. Mayonnaise. Mayonnaise is a, all is a perfect example. Yeah, mayonnaise, mayonnaise all day. Absolutely. You eat a food with your own mayonnaise, you're like, mmm. That's a turned good. Out a that's thousand a thousand times better. Yeah. Yeah. Way better. Yeah. But the Church of Bacon has you covered, so I have nothing else to say about it. I'd join the Church of Mayonnaise, I would join too. the Church of Mayonnaise. I, <laughs> some would argue I have joined the Church of Mayonnaise, <laughs> or at least I sing in its choir on the regular. <laughs> Want to contact the guys? Go to DissonancePod.com to get links to their Google+, Facebook, and Twitter accounts. If you want to contact them directly, send an email to dissonance.podcast at gmail.com. Or you can call and leave a message at 740-74-DOUBT. That's 740-743-6828. 
Do you want to support the show? Go to patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash dissonance pod. Or click the link on the podcast homepage and you can donate to the production of Cognitive Dissonance on a per episode basis. If you can't spare any money, take a second to give us a five-star review on iTunes or Stitcher or spread the word about the show. We want to send a big heartfelt glory hold to all the patrons and people who rate us. You fucking rock. So this story comes from Telegraph. Um, Topless protesters disrupt Muslim conference on women. So I saw this a a handful of times and I I didn't I clicked on a couple of the articles and I wasn't real impressed by a few of the uh, some of the reporting on it. But I grabbed this one in particular, this article in particular, because when they showed up, when the protesters jumped out, the conversation that the the fundamentalist preachers were discussing was the question of whether or not wives should be beaten. And And I thought, like, how was it 2015? Yeah. And and supposedly learned people are standing on a stage in front of a fucking crowd of people in a country like France yeah having a conversation as if they were civilized people yeah in a civilized country and you can't even ask that question even if your answer is no because your brain should immediately reject the question right, yeah right exactly the question the itself. question is itself is absurd you should right. never even even bring the question up to engage the counter-argument is to presume that the argument itself has any merit Valid whatsoever. In some way. Right. Yeah. I'm fucking flabbergasted. Yeah. And it said that the protesters, aged 25 and 31, grabbed microphones and shouted feminist slogans in French and Arabic before being roughly bundled off the stage by about 15 men and handed over police. Video footage of the incident shows a man apparently kicking one of the women. And I guess that answers your question. On whether or not women should be beaten. Right. Well, I think we, it was on the pro side <laughs> in that argument. <laughs> I would like to argue for the motion. <laughs> and the con side's like, well, I guess yeah. weather is still yeah. a conversation, but we're definitely doing it. Yeah. Like, whether we should, yeah. should is still part of the conversation. The you know, and also like some of some of the men in the audience shouted dirty whores and then kill them these are people expressing a contrary view yeah with their shirts off though tom right you're you're neglecting that they had their shirts off and that should allow you to kill them that shit is in france man yeah. that's yeah. fucking unbelievable yeah they're they're they, the the part that is the nip the part of the nipples that isn't blocked out i can see je suis at the top yeah. So I mean, right. I can tell like they're. It's not like they're communicating with these people that are in the audience, even in Arabic. If they're writing them on themselves in French, in French, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Although maybe it would be harder to write in Arabic on yourself the little <laughs> words. And... <laughs> you look at you wind up looking like the Lord of the Rings <laughs> ring. You, know, like... <laughs> you got to put her in a fire in yeah. order to read her. <laughs> Oh, they totally do they that. They would have done that. They'll yeah. fucking they would dump these women in a mortar without a second oh, thought. Gosh, yeah, I, you know. It, and the thing is, is from the inside, there's a group of people saying this is horribly sexist. This is awful. You shouldn't be doing this. Sure. You shouldn't even yeah. be talking about this. So this is from the inside. They're doing this, uh, which is 
heartening because you need people on the inside of of that religion to agitate for change to yeah. say no more this is stupid we shouldn't be going through all these backwards policies and they're pushing the envelope not just by taking the stage but by taking the stage shirtless right you know pushing the envelope pushing it as far as they can and they were you know they got a beating for it but you know hats off to these women oh brave as fuck brave right as hell. because you know that they knew going in that the stakes were high they, yeah. they knew going in that you know, by doing this, if they're part of this community, they're not ostracized from sure. this community, you know, by and large, yeah. that they stand the risk of being, you know, beaten, yeah. um, whatever. I mean, vilified yeah. in every way. Um, and they still did it. It's it's brave as hell. I'm just I just like the, the part of me that galls the shit out of me, man. The part of this that galls me so much is that is that we would even have a venue. That would allow a yeah. conversation yeah. like this to occur as if it were legitimate. Yeah. There are some questions which are so ridiculously backward, so outlandishly barbaric, that to lend them credence by putting them on a stage and setting up a microphone and pretending that you have esteemed colleagues. Yeah, right. You know, on this thing, this is not like the debate. You know, between uh, even like Bill Nye and Ken Ham, right? Like that's two sides of an absurd argument. You know, the question is absurd, but it's not violent. Yeah. The question is absurd, but it's not um, damaging to 50 percent of the fucking world population. Sure. This is this is not a conversation that we should even allow people to have and still pretend that we're having it in a civilized. Sure. Uh, fashion because yeah. there's nothing civilized about the conversation. You're right. You're right. It's 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 basically hate speech. Yes, it's hate speech. Now, should they? You know, we we sh we should. You know, definitely they have every right to have this conversation. You know, every right, right. to have this conversation. Yes. But just because you have the right to have this conversation doesn't mean you're free from consequences. Consequences, which yeah. is you know somebody jumping on stage or you being called an idiot, somebody who's an awful person for even sure. even entertaining this idea, yeah. and. Uh, and this is this is a good thing that it's coming from the inside, though. At least it feels like it's coming from the inside, right? Right. It's a good thing that that's happening because, uh, you know, the fundamentalist Islam is a bad idea. It's a lot of bad ideas, sure. all sort of yeah. mixed up into one. And if there can be a a breaking out of that and a removal of some of those really horrible ideas, you know, that women aren't equal, that women should be injured, um, you know, that gays should be killed. That people should have to put their hands in a hand chopper, hand chopper off, off a machine. A machine. <laughs> if all those ideas go away, right. you have a much more civilized religion. Something that can actually be reasoned with. Do, do you think, honestly, that, that that's even possible? Do, do, uh, because, you know... The, man, I, they were fucking... They were burning witches in the United States yeah. fucking 200 years ago. Maybe longer. I don't know how long ago that was. 1600s, was it? Maybe yeah, so 400 years yeah. ago? 400 yeah. years ago, something like that? They were burning witches. I guess, I guess that's, that's true. That's there, true. There, there's, there's, there's still horrible shit that Catholics do. You know, there's yeah. still horrible how shit. How many that, generations? You know, like, like because I've heard, that, I've heard a similar argument, you know, that, that I think that you're in, making is that Islam is still a young religion and that Christianity went through these growing pains and it came out the other side – 
Um, well, yeah, uh, imperfect, deeply imperfect, you know, but much less violent. Yeah. Well, I think, I think, and this is just, I mean, fucking, I don't know the yeah. real reasons here. This is just a speculation, but I also think that Islam sort of had its own idiot circle that sort of perpetuated all the same ideas for way too long without outside influence. So it never really had the sort of any kind of progression look it in its face and say, hey, let's fucking change this. You know what I mean? Like, let's fix this. And now there's social media and TV and, you know, ways in which you can find things electronically, et cetera, that there's no there's no way to keep out those ideas. You can't isolate yourself anymore. Sure. And so I think that it's just a matter of time before Islam starts shedding these. So you think that will have a moderating effect on Islam? I think so. Eventually. Yeah, because it seems to be having a polarizing effect right now. Yeah. yeah, the thing is, is of course we're only finding out about ISIS. We're only seeing you know these assholes that say awful shit. Sure. The people who yeah. chop other people's hands off. There's plenty of moderate Muslims. They happen to be leaving Syria right now. Yeah, I'm not pretending that all of Islam yeah. is represented. No, by, no, I, I know, but I'm this. saying yeah. like all the moderate yeah. Muslims, they're on a boat, right? They're heading like, over the this? fucking water, right. Trying to get to a place that isn't going to fucking have them die. Yeah, you know. Right. And yeah. I know that I'm, that's a blanket statement. Clearly, I'm sure there's fundamentalists sure there's, and right. whatever. But I'm, you understand what I mean. But if you if you send Cecil an email. About <laughs> no, please tell me the exact number of people, uh, fucking Syrian refugees that are fundamentalists, because I'd love to know. You know, Twitter protests or Twitter posts uh, afterwards called for the protesters to be stoned. That's yeah. or collectively raped. Collectively raped. I don't even know how that happens. I, what do you do? You pass them around like a plate, right? How does this work? <laughs> Should we rape them? Well, uh, collectively. Yeah. Wait, what? Wait, what? Do you have to like all tape your dicks together and shove <laughs> them in there at the same time? How many of us have to do this? Like, ugh. like, like the executioner. Like, what a what a fucking liar's punishment that is too. Like, it's like, ugh, I gotta rape somebody today. Jeez. Ugh. It's just like it's just somebody is just a violent, power hungry shithead. Yeah. Right. That's the only reason something like that could possibly exist. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. So this story comes from the Raw story. Liberty U pastor tells Bernie Sandals Sa- Sandals? Sandals. <laughs> Bernie Sandals. <laughs> Fucking hippie. <laughs> <laughs> It totally fits him, though, doesn't know, it? Right? Oh, my uh, God. You know that's going to be a thing if he becomes... They're going to call him Bernie Sandals. Uh, you know, okay. So Liberty Hugh Pastor tells Bernie Sanders that cops shoot unarmed black people because of sin, uh, not racism. I just got to start off like, is this man really that shade of orange? That's <laughs> so orange. No, I think that's bad lighting. I, that's got to be because be he looks like a Cheeto. <laughs> he, do- <laughs> he does he look does. like a Cheeto. <laughs> he looks like Chester Cheeto. <laughs> Who's moderating this thing? <laughs> Whenever, whenever Bernie says something, he's like, that was dangerously cheesy. <laughs> this guy's impossible to look at. <laughs> look at 
It's like I can't. He looks like he looks like the fucking face on the moon. You remember like the old movie with that? He looks like that. He's got like a rocket sticking out of his eye. <laughs> oh, somebody! You guys have to go to see this at the Ross story. The best image. I, 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 the thing is, is like, like your screen is not acting up. This is this is not unique to your screen because I'm looking at another screen and it looks ridiculous. <laughs> it's so funny. What do you say to Cheetos? It's perfect because it looks like he just rubbed the he dust. Does, yeah, He's like like yeah. Cheetos fingers, but he yeah. buried his whole head <laughs> in the face. Mat. Yeah, he was bobbing for Cheetos. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, oh, good times. I remember those days. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, this is a very long piece, so we won't play it. it but l- let's talk a little bit about what he says. Now, Bernie Sanders goes off on this big, long – I watched this thing earlier. And he goes off on a very well-prepared bit in front of Liberty University talking about you know the uh, economic problems that black people face in this country, the discrimination that they face, the, you know, the disproportionate number of them that are arrested, the disproportionate number of them uh, that are charged and the excessive charges that black people face in comparison to other races. And, you know, I mean, all the systemic racism that happens in our country. And he does a very good job of listing all this stuff. And to their credit, the audience follows him and at the points where he's making these things to say that these sort of things need to change, the audience is apl- giving applause throughout sure, the yeah. whole piece. Um, but they really do kind of flip out when the platitude comes out of Cheeto Man. He says, we would say, and I think I speak for many of our students, that it's not so much a skin issue as it is a sin issue. What does that even mean? Like, well, what it, what I, I it means that. is what it means is the same thing the Mormons thought that blacks is bad, right? You yeah. know, that's what it seems like to me. Yeah, but then he follows it up. He says that we can change the behavior of police. We could put cameras on them all day long, but behavior modification can only stop so short as identity change. I think we want what you want. I think he's saying that that the police then have a sin issue. I'll, I'll, I'm 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 not saying this as hyperbole at all. I read that paragraph because that's the key paragraph for this whole story, right, is what is what he says. That's that's the reason I picked it. And what, what bothers me about it is that I don't actually know what he's saying, is that that skin issue, sin issue thing, it sounds like something, but it's a deepity. I think so, too. I think it, you're right. I think it, it's a deepity. That there's nothing there yeah. as a sin issue. Okay, well, fucking elaborate. Make a point. But instead of making a point... He goes on and he says that, you know, that we can change the behavior of police. We can put cameras on them all day. Behavior modifications can only stop so short as identity change. And then again, no follow-up as to what that means. What is that? You, you well, he, does, just... he, he does another deepity later on when he says, I think you're going to find a commonality. Uh, uh, you're going to find commonality is at Liberty University. We are not interested in making sure people are invited to sit in the bus or even sit at a restaurant table. We want to see them own the bus and own the restaurant. Yeah. What does that even mean? Like, I mean, right. That, like, not everybody can own a bus. That's just not a good idea for traffic. That's a terrible traffic <laughs> idea. for everybody. And, you know, yeah, it's just, <laughs> just, everybody owns a restaurant. Like, there's no one to eat at a restaurant. It's, and we also own a bus. It's a terribly we don't. We own too much shit. We can't, I can't. I'm working. Why is everyone day. in the service industry? <laughs> 
Uh, but I hate shit like this. Yeah. I hate this nonsense where it sounds like they're saying sure. something. Well, it, I want to. They they want a, a hand up, not a hand out. Right. I mean, it's just that. it's a it's a real quick little turn of phrase that makes you say, "Oh yeah, wait, what? Yeah, right. Okay. Uh, can I, can we just if we can't get past the platitudinous nonsense, then we're not having a conversation. You know, I. I, I, and he can't really do this, but I sort of think it would be amazing because Bernie Sanders is the kind of candidate who almost would is to get a response like that and be like, when you're prepared to have a real conversation, then re-engage. He and has, leave. he has done that to reporters. I've seen him do that to reporters. He did that to that reporter that tried to hijack him. And he's like, yeah. I don't do ambush interviews. And the guy's like, well, I do ambush interviews. And he's just like, well, good luck with this one. He just yeah. bailed. He was like, I'm not doing it. Yeah. You know, have your people call my people. I don't do it that way. You yeah. know, it's 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 interesting this political cycle. All these people going on all these different venues that I would not expect them to go to. Bernie Sanders speaking at Liberty University to me seems really weird. Yeah, I, I thought you it know, was actually pretty brave. I, I uh, Jeb Bush on the Tonight Show. Yeah, that's what, um, but they but but candidates do things like the Tonight Show. But that and, seems and play like play the saxophone. I know, but that. like, like it seems humanize. like the realm. It seems like more the realm of. Democrats and it does the joyless, the joyless, especially, <laughs> you know, Donald Trump hit a couple of them. Um, a daytime show wound up getting Donald Trump. He went on the view as a caller. Did he really yeah, recently went on the view as a caller? And then, um, Ellen had, uh, uh, Hillary on, you know what I mean? Like, so like there's some, some, they're really sort of getting a weird circuit now. There's a, there's a different trajectory, I think. Um, this, this election does feel weird. Like, you know, it, it feels what it feels like is that is that Trump opened it up for something like this. Now, I'm not saying that this is a brand new experience because you remember when uh, maybe you're a little young for this, but Bill Clinton went on MTV and it was a big deal back in the day. He went on an MTV thing and people were like, whoa, what are you doing? Nobody goes on MTV. But in his first term before he was elected. He went on MTV, played the saxophone and did a, you know, I remember the saxophone. So, you know, you're talking about a guy, you know, what year was that? 1992. Yeah. So, you know, we're talking about, you know, it was the first election I could vote in. So it was years and years and years ago. And it was, you know, it was a totally rogue maneuver on his part to try to get some young people. But, you know, now and I don't know if they've always I don't know if Reagan went on fucking Carson or something like that doesn't seem like something he would do. But maybe he did. Maybe, yeah, I don't know. Um, but, you know, like it feels this feels new, though. And I think it fe- this feels more, uh, especially this early in the race where they're still doing the nominee thing. I agree with that for sure. Because Trump is a star on television. And I think they're all trying to cash in on that if they can I think I think they're going to have to, right? Because he's going to be totally unafraid of the medium. He's going to be unafraid to be on on any on any of the uh, you know television programming, whatever. He's going to be like, "Hey, this is my fucking ballywick. This is yeah. my home." You know, so to beat him on his home turf, you're going to have to do that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. So we're back with uh, Dan and Frank from Thank God I'm Atheist podcast. Uh, guys, uh, I said it right. You did. Oh, yeah, you did. Thank you God nailed I'm it Annie. that time. I said it right, Tom. Yeah. You see, the difference is 
I said it right. Yeah. So, uh, so guys, uh, if people never heard your show, uh, could you uh, describe your show for them? Yeah, it's your show, only worse. That's the worst thing anybody's ever said before lighting themselves on fire. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's like ISIS being like, hey, it's it's like being mean, but yeah, no, we do. Uh, uh, we, I mean, we do current events. We talk about that, and uh, and we try and get in depth with with some of the uh, you know the, the the issues that affect atheists and non-believers. We have we've had some some cool interviews. We've had some cool people on, and yeah, uh, yeah I, I don't know. Had, you describe your show first. <laughs> <laughs> it's not easy. So if, why, why, why did you guys start it? Uh, you know, it's, it was just one. So I had, I had the blog, I had the URL, thank God I'm atheist. And, uh, and I, I had been blogging, uh, and I wanted, you know, Frank and I are both sort of media guys. Frank's a, a filmmaker and I'm a, I don't know. I'm a dipshit. Well, you're I'm, an actor. I'm an actor. You got that. So, uh, so we just, you know, we, <laughs> yeah, you sound a real enthused. You're an actor. <laughs> I just hear, <laughs> like, he's, he basically he's just said actor. you're a, he's waiter, a good actor. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he does a good job with that. Yeah. Frank, Frank is always loath to pay me any kind of compliment. So <laughs> it's part of, part of our dynamic. That's why it works so well. It's why it's what's so charming. <laughs> Is how much Frank hates me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Frank and Cecil would get along great. <laughs> you hate Dan too, Cecil? Yeah. <laughs> Don't tell him I said that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's a you know it, it's a fun show. We have a good time. Uh, people seem to some people seem to like it. <laughs> <laughs> Your mom's, you know, <laughs> totally, literally. Well, my mom listens. Frank has not even told. My I mom doesn't even know I have a podcast, <laughs> and that's for the best. Yeah. So, so, so you guys, you guys are both ex-Mormon. Mm-hmm. We are. Yeah. yeah. How I, long ago have you been Mormon? Mormoned. I don't know. I don't really de- know what the what's the verb for Mormoning. <laughs> I think you got it. I think you nailed Mormon. it. We, have I, haven't, I haven't been Mormon for twenty years now. Yeah. I'm, oh my. I'm at uh, tw- I was twenty two, probably about seventeen or eighteen years. So, I, but oh. yeah, I mean, we both we both were raised in in Mormonism. I was raised in Utah in Salt Lake City, and Frank yeah. was raised in buttfuck well, Oklahoma. Yeah. And uh, we, uh, you know. We we sort of uh, th- what what people don't understand is that Salt Lake City has this great uh, counterculture, and uh, we met uh, sort of you know. Hang I think it- a lot of people assume it has no culture. And so <laughs> well, that- the idea of a counterculture seems <laughs> well, you know, and and frankly, uh, I think Salt Lake's one of the our country's best kept secrets. So let's just keep it Damn. that way. Let's just uh, sure it's the worst, you guys. It's oh, yeah. the worst Don't thing ever. ever come Both here. of our listeners are going to flood to Salt Lake City now. There's a, a a second exodus to Salt Lake City. Well, you'd be surprised. It is actually that's actually happening. But yeah. that's a that's a story for another time. So what? Why did you guys leave the Mormon Church? I mean, you you just decided fuck it. This doesn't seem real. Or what? What was that, what was that process like? Well, Frank has a better story than I do. Well, I mean, oh, well then well, I want to hear yours. Yeah, I served an LDS mission. Um, I went to to Italy uh, for two oh years, my. and um, yeah, so I, I had you know a lot of different experiences, you know, preaching the gospel uh, to uh, to the folks there. Didn't uh, you know? Didn't have a lot of success with that. 
as you can, I'm sure you can imagine. Strangely, uh, people, <laughs> really in Italy, people in Rome don't take to Mormonism. It's yeah. weird. Yeah, they've got they've like, made up like their minds. we've got this base covered. Actually. Yeah, they have more religion than they know what to do with there. Um, they just tell you no very, 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 uh, very vigorously with their hands. But no, I, I had a number of, of uh, little run-ins with people who really challenged my worldview um, and uh, kind of rocked me to the core a little bit. And uh, but then after my mission, I went to BYU, Brigham Young University, uh, LDS church or um, uh, university uh, down in Provo. And uh yeah, I, it didn't sit well with me at all. Well, uh, I, mean, I was taking religion classes because you're required to do that. And it just wasn't, it wasn't working. I, I was seeing a new side of Mormonism that I hadn't really encountered before. And ultimately one, one night I just was laying in bed and I was like, well, I don't think I really believe this whole Book of Mormon thing. And I don't believe in Joseph Smith. And well, it can't, so I can't, it can't believe it, in Mormonism. And it, well, do I still believe in God? Uh, probably not. And that was it. Like it was just this quick unraveling. But it can't have helped that you were more interested in the uh, the other men at BYU than the co-eds. Oh, those, those men down there. There's something else. <laughs> <laughs> They're all so sexually frustrated. They're just, they just run and run and go to the gym, and it's like the most amazing thing ever. Uh, now, I, now the, the Mormons have been uh, – there's no secret that they backed uh, some legislation and things. Yeah. They were pretty mm-hmm. anti-gay for a long time. Yeah. And I know that they recently, at least on their face, changed their stance. I don't know how much of that is lip service or not lip service, I guess. <laughs> the, um, only, the only way that they changed their stance was that they're like, well... If you got like, if the government see the, what you need to understand is that like, especially here in Utah, Mormonism can like the if the church tells the legislature to do something, they do. Yeah. So what the what the Mormon Church said was, it's okay if you like allow gay allow for protections for gay people so that they can't get fired just for being gay. Right. Like or that, that was their for being gay. that was their big like thing but wow. it's not like they they're not cool with gay people no like you can't yeah, so, be so they didn't they didn't reverse their stance like the you know like the color of your skin is you know <laughs> a, a marker right. of how no. sullied you are or how close to fucking ham time or whatever that fucking <laughs> nonsense is <laughs> yeah. right no yeah. it's it's it that's still that's still 10 to 15 years off they will do oh, okay. it because as yeah. soon as they start to feel how unpopular they're getting They'll definitely like suddenly there'll be a revelation yeah. from Jesus that just says, "Oh no, we're suddenly totally cool with the queers." That's yeah. awesome. What are you that talking awesome. about? We were we were it's... never mad at you guys. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I love that they could get messages from God. That is the best. Oh yeah, that, that is this that... is what that's one of the the major innovations in their in in the Mormonism in Mormonism yeah. is that they can get direct messages from God that no one in the church is allowed to question. Yeah. That's that that is actually the smartest built-in feature. The, the the this just in feature yeah, yeah. <laughs> extra extra read all about it. Tithing is down, so here's our new decision. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. right. Like breaking that news. church seems to be all about the fucking money. Yeah, mm. well, that church seems to be a significantly. Mo- I mean, not that many of them are not. But yeah, like the Mormon Church does money right. Like it, oh, it yeah. is aggressive, from what I'm to understand about its tithing 
Oh yeah, <laughs> you literally. They have so many systems in place to make sure that you pay a full ten percent of your gross income. Like they are not fucking around. You have to sit Jesus. down. Yeah, every gross income. You have to sit down in front of your bishop every week, every year, and look him in the eye, and he says, "Hey, did you pay a full tithe?" And if you say, if you say yes, like, if you don't say yes, shit comes down on you. Yeah. You're, well, I would just lie, one of the best though, mechanisms that they have is is actually the temple and the temple marriage, right? So you have like a set of of parents, right? They want to they want to be able to attend their child's wedding, right? right? And there's all this pressure. You get married in the temple. You get married in the temple. If you're not a full tithe payer, you can't go to the temple. So so they keep families out from the 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 the, the, the marriage services. But not only that, so like if you can't, if you don't pay your full tide, you can't go to the temple. Well, as soon as somebody gets married in your family, even if it's not your kid, if you say, oh, I can't go to the ceremony, everybody in your family knows you haven't been paying the full tide. Yeah. It's, it's this pressure. huge tattletale sort of thing, and they've got it all built in. They got it locked and loaded. Well, there are other reasons why you might not. You might have, you know slept around or something. I mean, there's all sorts of reasons why you could maybe aren't there. But, but none oh, of them are good. But, right. yeah, 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 it's yeah, not yeah, like yeah. I don't have the right shoes or something. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, it's yeah, it's not like we, you know, your pla- your pants are pleated, you can't play. Exactly. Like, right, yeah, yeah. terrible. Is there a carve out if you're a poor Mormon where you're just like, but I need that money for food? No, <laughs> they got that no. handled too because what they because the Mormon Mormonism actually has a really uh aggressive uh uh welfare system so if you're poor you're expected to pay a full tithe mm-hmm. but then you can go to the bishop and just say uh, i can't afford x y and z and like they'll pay for first they'll give you food but if things go go really pear-shaped for you know a couple months i you know i used to work in the cell phone industry and people would come in and pay their cell phone bill uh with a church check so oh, really so yeah. like they they got you covered to some extent on that on as that long point. as you're paying that 10 percent. so you're making next to nothing you're living under the poverty or you're making under the poverty line right yeah now you pay you have your 10 percent. but they then they just shower you with you know so they're cool that way and whatnot they're, and money they're very pragmatic at, at, at least it's not that awful like you know like, like the the televangelists with their prosperity gospel and you know if you pay me you'll get rich sort of thing they're yeah. not like that at all yeah they're just like if you pay me we'll get rich right that's, yeah, that's, that's, a yeah they, that's a, that's basically it yeah <laughs> and if you don't pay me uh, i'm i'm making sure everybody in the ward knows that you're awful it's still though like i understand what you're getting at though and that in the social pressures there uh, that's a real devious way yeah. to get people to, to you know, under your control. To do a yeah. voluntary uh, thing. Yeah. yeah, I mean, exactly. yeah, exactly. It's supposed to be voluntary. Yeah. Right. And then the idea that, you know, while you're poor, you still have to tithe 10%, but will be able to, like, pay your cell phone bill if you fall behind on it. You know, that almost feels like, it feels like the nicest mob in the world. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know? It's totally it the mob. Like, you have no idea. Like, this is, we are talking about a mafia here. If you go, you know, if you need a plumber, they, they got a guy, you know, if you need, it doesn't matter. Like anything you uh, need. Well, no, you, you come to me. Don't go outside the church. You can come really? to me. I'll find you somebody. So you guys yeah. mentioned earlier that you've had some interesting guests on, um, for people that are, that are going to come over to your show. Uh, tell me a, a couple of episodes where you've had some guests on that you thought were particularly interesting. 
You know, when we had when we had Pete Bogosian on, yeah. that was actually a really a really interesting chat. Uh, his book, A Manual for Creating Atheists. We had gotten in trouble because a couple of weeks before that, we had sort of because <laughs> we are we're sort of. I guess our reputation is that we're we tend to be nice guys. Like mm-hmm. we're pretty. We're 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 not. We don't scathe the way certain other podcasters do, <laughs> and so, which is totally cool. Like we're down with Noah and everything, but that's just not no our gig, right? Any names. So, yeah. uh, so we we kind of went after <laughs> the book based on an article that we read about Peter Bogosian's book. So then a bunch of people came down on us, and we were like, "Well, okay, let's have him on the show." And it was it turned out to be a really cool conversation. Yeah. So that was a good one. Yeah, that was a good one. I always liked your uh, Bishop of London. That was a Dan. that was an interesting one. I actually interviewed the guy who's the third uh, in succession from the top of the uh, uh, of the Anglican Church of the Church of England. So when I was in London, I actually got to interview the Bishop of London. So that was a really interesting interview. The church nobody in England really belongs to. I mean, they belong by default. Right. But yeah. Well, they all be... belong to it. They just right. don't. They just don't care about it. so So guys if people were going to find your show where would they look oh you know all so you could go to thankgodimatheist.com and uh it's there but uh, you know on your itunes and your stitchers and your all of the all of wherever you go to find your your content (laughs) wherever (laughs) fine podcasts are sold right exactly Check your local listings. Guys, thanks for joining us. It was awesome. Hey, yeah, thanks, thanks you. so much, guys. guys. We really appreciate it. Well, it's going to wrap it up for a short show this week. We'll be back on Monday with a full show. We want to thank Dan and Frank from Thank God I'm Atheist. Uh, let's thank God I am an atheist. For stopping by. We appreciate them coming by. If you want to check out their podcast, you, could, you can go to thankgodimatheist.com. That's uh, Thank God I'm Atheist. I will post that uh, on this week's show notes uh, if you want to check out their show. They were a blast to have on. They were a lot Great of fun. Guys. We should be appearing on their 200th episode. Uh, they interviewed us very quickly, and we had a lot of fun on their show. So if you want to check out that, uh, we'll have a link when it posts uh, it may post by the time this show comes out, so it may be on these show notes. If not, it will be on episode 250 of our show. We will list our appearance on theirs. Uh, but I think that's going to wrap it up for this time. Uh, we'll catch you on Monday, and we're going to leave you, like we always do, with the Skeptic's Creed. Credulity is not a virtue. It's fortune cookie cutter, mommy issue, hypno-Babylon bullshit. Couched in scientician, double bubble, toil and trouble, pseudo quasi alternative, acupunctuating, pressurized, stereogram, pyramidal, free energy, healing, water, downward spiral, brain dead pan, sales pitch, late night info docutainment. Leo Pisces, cancer cures, detox, reflex, foot massage, death and towers, tarot cars, psychic healing, crystal balls, Bigfoot, Yeti, aliens, churches, mosques and synagogues, temples, dragons, giant worms, Atlantis, dolphins, truthers, birthers, witches, wizards, vaccine nuts, shaman healers, evangelists, conspiracy, doublespeak, stigmata, nonsense. Expose your signs. Thrust your hands, bloody, evidential, conclusive. Doubt even this. The opinions and views expressed in this show are that of the hosts only. 
Our poorly formed and expressed notions do not represent those of our wives, employers, friends, families, or of the local dairy council. So, you know, mom passes away mm-hmm. and I get back to work and there's tons of cards in my mailbox. That's nice. So people at yeah. work – I work at a big place where people send – you know, there's – I know dozens of people. You know what I mean? Like maybe sure. even yeah. – I might even know hundreds of people where I work. And so I – you know, I got maybe two dozen cards. That's, you know, a, that's actually quite nice. And people sending me messages. Yeah. And I got a handwritten note from a priest that I had as a teacher in my undergrad. Really? So he sent me a handwritten note that said, just so you know, I know when a man loses his mother, it's a very big deal. It's a very difficult time. And, uh, you know, my thoughts are with you. That's kind. And it was, it was a really kind, really great message. Yeah. But I got a lot of messages both on Facebook and off and in these cards. Sure. It was like, I'll pray for you. You're in my prayers. You're yeah, in my thoughts right. and prayers. Yeah. And I've always seen people get really bent out of shape by that. That they've they've sort of – they look at that and they say, you know what? You know, I've seen people – I've seen comments and you yeah, know, right. like that sort of it's, – it's that sort of like pushback against that. Like, don't pray for me kind of thing. Sure. And uh, I didn't feel anything but – thankful that they said that i never felt like it was an imposition or that i needed to care how they spent their time you know what i mean i never felt like i was being insulted when they said they would keep me in their prayers that i that they were doing nothing because the people who said that they would keep me in their thoughts are doing the exact same thing that the people who are doing their prayers right doing the same thing yeah both of them are effectively nothing, but at least they're doing they're 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 still thinking that what they're saying is is that your distress will be on my mind. Yeah, right. Your hurt will be will be on my yeah. mind. And I got another message from someone that said at this particular mass coming up and it didn't give a date, which was weird. We'll be praying for your mother's soul. And they listed my mother's name. We'll be praying for her soul. And the first, my first reaction was, well, don't expect me to come. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I'm not going to go. Mm, super busy not going to that. Totally that not going to go. Yeah. But again, I don't care that they do it. And then yeah. part of me, there was part of me said, well, what happened if I would have died? Like, I, let's say I was going down the road and I fucking hit a car and fucking died. There's part of me. That would say, don't do that for me. You know, respect my beliefs enough now so sure. that when I'm dead, you shouldn't do that to me. And then I thought about it for 20 more seconds and thought, I won't care. Yeah, right. Because I'll be really dead yeah, at right. that time. Yep. So I yeah. won't care. Yeah. So who cares whether or not someone prays for my soul after I die? Who gives a shit? Yeah. You know, I mean, I've always felt, I mean, it's not, it's not an original th- thought or saying like, you know, a funeral or whatever. It's, it's for the living. It's not yeah, for the dead. Sure. Right. So, 
it, it's it it almost is tangential to the deceased. And in fact, it is tangential because absolutely the tangent is the is are, are the folks that are living. Like sure. we're holding a funeral so we can do a thing that gives us closure. And if yeah. the thing that gives us closure involves you know some rite or ritual of religious significance for the living, then I, I mean I'm kind of right there with you. Yeah. Um, now I say that. Would I? Would I want? Were I to give? Were I the kind of person who would plan their own funeral, which feels weird and kind of like narcissistic to me to, yeah. to think about? Sure. So I wouldn't do it. Um, but if I were going to plan my own funeral, would I plan a? Of course, I would not plan a religious ceremony. But you know, thinking about that, maybe that would be a little mean. To not plan a religious ceremony if my family were religious. Sure. Now they don't happen to be religious, but um, you know, I, I and like the "I'll pray for you" thing. That always struck me like somebody's going, like someone's spending time on me. Yeah, like they're spending their time. Sure, that they don't have to spend yeah. thinking about me. Yeah. and you know, it's, it's just nice. Yeah, it's and I I feel like I, I've I've read the pushback. You know, yeah. there's a ton of you know. Whether they're memes or they're, you know, screenshots of Facebook conversations yeah, right. or whatever it is. And, you know, what I noticed when I po- – because I posted a, a, a very short eulogy after my mom died on Facebook. I posted a very mm-hmm. short eulogy, something very quick and just said, you know – and I and I think I posted a song for her. I posted a very short message and then a song and said, you know, like goodbye mom or something. And I noticed all these people were saying, I'm really sorry, I'm really sorry. And there's a bunch of people. The people who don't know me said, I'll pray for you. Sure. The people who I don't know and haven't known for years or fucking sure. went to high school with or whatever, those are our, those are the I'll pray for you people. Right. The people close to me, the people who know me, none of them said that. Sure. Not a single one. Even if they were religious, they didn't say that. Yeah. Because they, they knew that I, that that wasn't a thing to me. So all it does is show me, you know, while some people, you know, may be just writing this just to sort of, you know, as a cathartic thing on their own, you know, getting through their own grief, right? Sure. You write a little card out because you still are dwelling on your own passings yeah, and sometimes, things. Sometimes, for sure. Yeah. Other people, you know, because I, I got some cards from people that clearly are religious and they didn't say anything about prayers. Yeah. They're just telling you what, a lot of times just telling you, they're, they're writing down the thing they think you want to hear. hear. To make you feel better. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I do think sometimes some families are like crazy religious families and they'll use funerals as an excuse to proselytize. Sure, sure. That's an a. I think that's an atypical experience. But when that happens, I think that's ugly as fuck. I do too. Absolutely. You know, and I, I would I would have pushback if somebody were to if somebody were to go farther than I'll pray for you and instead post something about. Oh, well, don't worry. Your mom's with with God sitting hand in hand with God in some place. I may react to that. I may react to something like that and say, well, look, that's not my belief. I think my mom's gone forever. I don't think my mom's coming back. And for you to, you know, animate my mom in your little fucking fantasy is kind of offensive. Sure. I would, I might, I might go there. You know what I mean? But the, the, the innocuous, I'm not going to touch that. I'm just going to say you're in my prayers. Right. That doesn't bother me. Yeah. I think, I think that's like, that's like if someone says Merry Christmas. You know what right. I mean? You like, just got to smile. They're expressing – It's a gen, at this point, it's honestly become kind of a, it's a culturally generic well-wishing. Yeah. Right? It's like you sneeze, someone says bless exactly. you. Exactly. It doesn't mean anything yeah. to me. It doesn't 
I, I am never going to be offended yeah. when somebody's like, I wish you well. I'll be like, fuck you. Yeah. I hate you. I'll fucking stab you. Don't children. you bless me, motherfucker. Right. Like, I'm Shirts like, off now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Suns out, guns out, motherfucker. <laughs> like, what is happening? Uh. <laughs>